Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay, so he called me back later and he's like, okay, let's go out to dinner. So he came and he picked me up. And we went to dinner. At one point, he made some reference to faking relationships or something like that. And I was like, well, what do you mean faking? And we were sitting across the table from each other. And he kind of gestured like with his fingers, you know, like between the two of us. He's like, well, this. And I said, what do you mean? I'm not faking anything. He's like, I don't know why you even bother to call and say happy anniversary, Mary. I'm like, because uh, it's our anniversary. <laughs> He's like, but we're not met. And he paused. And then he goes, but we're not living as a married couple. I felt like in that moment that he stopped himself from saying, well, we're not married. That was like a big realization to me that all this time, all these years, that's how he's felt about it. But I haven't known that. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our sister wives edition for the week. Well, it happened. Mary, well, we'll talk about it. Christine, at the beginning of the episode, tells us that it's been about a week since she and Janelle had that convo in the basement of her Airbnb about Cody being like slipping into monogamy or whatever. And Christine says, on the one hand, it would be really easy for Cody to fix his relationship with Janelle. But the issue with Janelle not fucking with Cody mostly has to do with her, his relationship to her kids, their kids, her kids, her kids, let's be real. And so the really Janelle's situation is a lot more difficult than hers was. So we're hanging out at Christine's house. McKelty's there. Isabel's there. And McKelty's about to tell Isabel that she's pregnant. Everybody else knows she's pregnant except for Isabel, but nobody knows that she and Tony are expecting twins. So she shows the sonogram. Christine's freaking out. She's so happy. Like, thrilled i mean this would be like more of a heartwarming moment for me if the twins weren't at this point old enough to choose steak like in real time but congratulations you know um is anybody else concerned about tony like in a different way than we usually were because mckelvey says that she went to the doctor by herself she was not shocked when the doctor was like hey 
there's two babies in there. She's like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then she goes home to Tony and tells him, like, she shows him the sonogram and he's like, explains to him, look, there's two blobs. And Tony didn't understand, like, like literally didn't understand that that was two children, like could not wrap his mind around it. He's like, wait, why are there two? Like, I don't get it. Which is just concerning for me because you are like, you were there. So it just feels like you should get it. I don't know. Well, Christine asks Tony how he's doing in the midst of it. And he's very shell-shocked. McKelty's like, well, he's been crying a little bit, which he did not want her to say. Then he says he was really in shock because twins don't run on either side of their family. So it was kind of like, how did this happen? Like, they both better be mine. How do we get two of them? Sit him down. Sit him down and talk to him. Did he not go to public school? What happened? Didn't he convert to Mormonism? I just feel like, was he hope school? I don't know. I'm just, I'm concerned about Tony because he's responsible for these children. So I just feel like he should understand how they happened when he was there when it happened and also how did we as a society and i'm including myself in this decide that like we have to have this conversation about twins running in the family every time somebody has multiples like oh it runs in the family it happens or if it doesn't run in the family how did this happen it doesn't run in the family why are we talking about that is that like an american thing or is that like a global thing and to be clear, I understand that like people who have multiples in their family are more genetically predisposed to having it in their family history. What I'm saying is, like, why do we not understand when it just happens out of the blue? But anyway, Christine says that Tony didn't make eye contact with her for like four days. <laughs> like, I hope he got it together, sir. Christine does say, however, that she's not really concerned about Tony and McKelty with twins and how... She basically raised twins because Gabe and Gwen are four days apart. She was raising them all, all alone. You just figure it out. And then we head over to Parowan to check in once again to the haunted mansion where Mary's filming herself. They must have told her, film in front of a window, girl, so we get the best lighting because <laughs> that's all she does. So she tells us that not too long ago, it was her and Cody's 32nd anniversary, which I'm like, okay, well, I got to stop you right there, Mary. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It would have been. It would have been if you guys were together, but you're not. So So then Mary says that leading up to it, she wasn't sure what to expect, which is wild. Because did you guys celebrate the last anniversary? No. Mary says in a confessional that when she and Cody have gone out on their anniversary, it's been more obligatory than anything else, which to me means filming. AKA the last time we saw them fill their anniversary was when they went on that ride and he took her to a patch of grass with the only view seemingly uh, was like a shell station in the back. It was like a plot of dirt and, and patchy grass. And they sat there and like really didn't even want to be there and told her when she said, I'm waiting for you to come around. He says, well, I'm not coming. And we all saw it, Mary. So I don't, I know we're getting to a breakthrough with her, but I just, I'm still confused. I'm still confused. Mary says in a confessional that like, she uh, has not even gone out on her birthday with Cody recently. So I don't, I, so it's like, I don't, suddenly you don't know what to expect. Has, did he even call you on your birthday, Mary? Like, these are the questions I have. Just like at some point, 
You got to take the clown makeup off our face, babe. And I know this from experience. Anyway, Mary says that Cody did not call or text her. So she's sitting there spending all day. She probably got herself dolled up for this phone call. Got her perfect, like her best peep toe wedge heels on for the occasion. Just tapping away that old wood of the floor. Waiting, probably texting Jen. He hasn't called yet. She's like, don't worry about it, girl. And then Jen's like on the other side of the phone, just like doing a deep sigh and just like kind of rolling her eyes to Sean. He's like, she's, she's thinking that he's going to call her. Right. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell her. You know, that's, that's what's happening. So then Mary says that she just decided that in the afternoon to just call Cody herself. And she, you know, we can picture it now. She probably was like smiling real hard on the other end of the phone, just smiling through the pain. Happy anniversary, <laughs> Cody. And Cody's response was, oh, happy anniversary. Now, at that point, me would have just hung up, probably set my phone on fire and the, the rest of the home just called it, you know. But then <laughs> she decides to just go in again. Hey, do you want to go out to eat? Maybe go for a drive or out to dinner or something. What do you think? And his response was, I'm watching the kids. Let me check with Robin. Just just set me on fire right now. Where's the can? Where's the can of gasoline? I could not believe, as somebody who has a very low tolerance for secondhand embarrassment, that, that Mary could sit there with a straight face. In that old house full of antiques, and put a little cell phone or a little camera that TLC gave her, and, and tell us this with no, it seems to not really quite be registering to her. Let me check with my wife. Do you want to go out for our anniversary? You want to take me out? Come pick me up and go to dinner? Oh, I'm watching my children. Let me ask my wife. Can I call you back? <sighs> and then Cody says in a confessional, when Mary called for her, I mean, our anniversary, look <sighs> at the ick. I needed a minute to think of a reason to be able to say no in the event that I didn't think it was the right thing to do. And I had to think about that. <sighs> so then Mary says, Cody ended up calling her back later and did suggest that they go to dinner. I I can't imagine how much needling that happened on Robin's behalf. So he picks her up, probably in the truck. She probably didn't even get the, the drop top. Probably picked her up in the truck. They went to dinner. And at some point in the dinner, he made a conversation to a reference to um, faking relationships. And Mary goes, what do you mean? And he, like, points back and forth of them, like, does that motion, like, oh, I'm talking about us. <laughs> How does she not just want to die? I just, like, peel my skin off. I just peel my skin off. Mary says, what do you mean? I'm not faking anything. And Cody's response says, I don't even know why you bothered to call me and say happy anniversary, Mary. And Mary says, um, it's our anniversary. And he said... But we're not married. We're not living as a married couple. And then wait for this, you guys. Mary says in a confessional, 
I felt like in that moment, he stopped himself from saying, we're not married. (laughs) You think? You think? And then just like whack me over with a noodle. That was a big realization for me that all this time, all these years, that's how he felt about it. I haven't known that. Mary, how the fuck is that possible? I I mean, I understand. I can have an awareness that she's been having like a thick necked, uh, strange eyebrowed bird in her ear, bug in her ear, crying little tears onto her shoulder and like telling her, just stick around Mary and everything will be okay. I, I understand that. But it's like, still girl, you see the comments. You see the literal footage of Cody for several seasons now saying, I'm not really into this relationship. And I understand that you're trying to get off on the technicality that he has not literally looked in your face and told you this directly. He has not said the words, Mary, we are not married to you. And that seems to be the only thing that you're hanging on to because, babe, the writing's on the wall, babe. I don't know what to tell you, babe. I'll I'll walk with you through this, but I'm not going to sit here and, um, you know, because, like, as a friend, like, a good friend, sometimes you got to be, like, even though in the back of your mind, you're like, girl, what? You still, like, are like, no, I get it, I get it, but, like, I can't even rock with you on this, Mary. I'm not going to ride with you. I'm not going to hold your hand on this journey of you having no idea, no possible idea that this man doesn't want you. Love don't live here anymore, Mary. He doesn't call you. He doesn't want to come over to the house. He only wants to see you when he's filming. And when he does film away from you, he's talking about how great it is to be away from you and how he never wants to be with you again. So, like, I just, I can't do it. Y'all want to take a healing breath? A healing breath. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cody then explains that right before their 25th anniversary, seven years ago, he and Mary were in a bad place and fighting and banana mouth, catfish. You all know that, you know, same old song, right? This was the time that Mary asked him to stop staying at her house and counseling wasn't working and it just kind of seemed like love had been lost. I just want us to remind ourselves that um, their therapist, Nancy, I think at one point, told them this was like one of the last times we saw them go to therapy she said she has a bigger file on barry and cody than any other client any other couple client that she has in her roster by like a lot (laughs) significantly more files and thoughts on them than any other client that's sad baby then cody says through counseling and you know the recommendation of other wives, wife, my wife, my other Robin, I was convinced that maybe I should try and fix it. And it took me a long time and I wanted to see if it would work, but it didn't seem like it was going to. And I felt like I had to give up. And then Mary says that around that time, seven years ago, she did ask Cody to take a break and like maybe to not stay at the house. But he kept saying she kicked him out, even though she didn't. She didn't pack up his stuff like Christine did or Janelle did. She didn't tell him not to ever come back, Janelle. She didn't say she never wanted to see him again. None of the stuff that the other wives said. But here's what we're missing, Mary. 
is that like you gave Cody and I don't want to give this man a whole lot of credit, but you did give him a lot of reason to think that you were uh, disinterested in a marriage with him or uh, continuing this whole family unit. You bit, you cheated on him. I mean, like we have to be honest, like emotionally cheating. If we want, if that's all you want to cop to girl, then it's still cheating. You emotionally cheated on him. We've we seen the text message and you were ready to bounce like 13 minutes into the conversation with this other presumable dude. Okay. <laughs> like it was quick. You said a week into talking to this person that you knew something was weird, but you so wanted to be out of your situation with Cody that you like just raced through all the red flags. Like some Mario Kart character. So I don't know what to tell you, girl. And then you and then you told Cody, like, hey, take a break from coming over to my house. And yeah, okay, maybe you didn't make the definitive steps that now years later Christine and Janelle have made. But I think you made it pretty clear. <clears throat> and I don't really blame Cody for calling it with you. I really don't. I think from a respect point, I can't respect the way that he's just like let you be a, a like a ragged dog that he's dragging through a, a mud and pebbles for several years now but and and probably taking care taking uh, advantage of you financially <clears throat> but you know where where am i <laughs> well, my point is that mary makes a lot of like hints and suggestions and like heavily leans in a direction and then she wants to act surprised when people pick up what she's putting down like i never said that it's like well but you said a lot of a lot around it and you were dropping a lot of hints girl like i would think maybe this relationship is over too if i were cody i would think that too so maybe you should reflect on that and that would be like maybe why he's been thinking for the past several weeks I, like i get it but like we saw you girl being like well I might never come back to this family. Okay, then. And then you also bought the house around the same time. You know, there are a lot of things adding up, Mare, that we need to reflect on. But you do that on your own time. Mary then tells us, like, this is brand new information to us. He actually said to me, I have no desire to have a relationship with you. Like, don't you understand this is never going to happen, Mary? Your life is not one that I want to insert myself into. And that could, you know, a lot of meanings to that. Your life and the insertion. She says, I'll never forget those words. And how that was the first time he had ever said those words. And it was very, very painful to her. She felt her heart speeding up because in her mind, she's thinking, he promised. And this is where it's like, girl, the religious repression got you real shook. And that's sad also. Because to really, as like a 50 plus year old woman, be like, he promised me forever. Like you're like your children on a playground. And like when she means forever, she means dead ass. Forever. <laughs> forever. And that's like, like, babe, you got to have some like, you know, I don't know, girl. We're going to take a break from Mary for her own mental health and go back to Christine. The warmth. Of the other part of Utah with Christine. So McKelty's talking about how she has to do a house hospital birth instead of a home birth like she did the first time because she's having twins. The midwives, like, refuse. They say it's too risky for them to even attempt it. 
And then we find out, like, Tony was really, really traumatized by the first home birth because it was an intense birth. And he told McKelty, we're not doing that again. She was like, no, but it's fine. He was, no, no, no. Like, it was too intense for me. So she decided to use Dr. Bean, who Christine used at her only hospital birth when she gave birth to Truly. Christine says that the only reason why she went to the hospital is because she was 38 when she gave birth to Truly and thought it would just be, like, a better thing. The birth was totally fine, but she's like, honestly, home births are really where it's at, and I recommend it as long as you have an experienced midwife. The recovery is amazing. You get to stay in your bed. Like, it's great. Do they have, like, for those of you midwives, I never looked into this. Is there, like, a sheet, like, a rubber sheet that you put under your sheet? Are we just like raw dog and with like the regular shit that we got to go to bed with and like the washing out of the sheets? Do we, do we throw those out? Start fresh or is just like a wash or two good? I'm, I'm for real. Like what, what's happening there? Cause like I'm seeing Christine, I'm seeing uh, like flashes of Robin giving birth to Solomon. And it seems like the, the regular uh, comforter and all the fixings are there and I at one point I think Cody was sitting on the bed with his outside clothes and his shoes on and I just I don't know I've got questions let me know so Christine explains that for her part as somebody who grew up in the faith grew up with polygamous parents you're kind of like inherently have this like fear of the hospital system at large because you go there you give birth you don't want to put the dad's name on there for fear of the hospital figuring it out and like taking your children along the line. But Janelle says that she and Christine have like really different perspectives because she didn't grow up in the faith. Cody's name's on all her kids' birth certificates. She just never had that fear in her. So she never even thought about not doing anything. And then we go to Robin's house to celebrate Truly's birthday. She and Isabel are in town at the same time. Y'all... These chicken breasts that they make, for, well, Cody makes on the grill. You know, Cody's a grilling ass bitch. And he put everything. I'm not a griller. Because one thing about me, like my one misogynist thing that I hold to is that I feel like the grill's boy stuff. That's for men. I don't do that. Um, So I don't really know how to grill. Like at all. But I don't think you have to individually wrap every single chicken breast. Like I know it makes for an easy cleanup, but do you? have to do that also i did not see a lick of seasoning not a pepper flake not a, not a sea salt not a mix thanks dad and and they looked undercooked even though cody's like it's done it looks like it's burning i'm actually really concerned like sir Ugh. <laughs> let me tell you one thing there's no way cody's nice on the grill not a chance not a chance not a chance. The way I would have just been like, uh-oh, I dropped mine. I'll just going to go to Wendy's. Sorry. Robin's talking some bullshit in a confessional about how nice it is to have a family experience. And, you know, it's not like the usual one. And she misses that. But, like, it is a little bit of something. You know, she always wants Truly to feel safe in her home. Or any of the kids, really. And it just seems like Truly's having a good time. And Isabel's also enjoying herself. And I have to wonder, like... Um, based on the footage that I watched, Robin, did you look at Isabel? Because I'm noticing a crossed arm. I'm noticing, um, your double, your doppelganger, um, Brianna, uh, 
not wanting to make eye contact. They're standing on either side of the island like crickets. And like Isabel would like to be anywhere else. And that Aurora would also like Isabel to be anywhere else than in her house right now. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. And then what did I tell you guys? What happens? You know, typical, we have to keep in mind, because Robin, by the way she talks, you would never know. Talking about Truly's birthday, you would think typically you would be like, oh, my experience with Truly and her personality over the years and like what it's like to be with her and like what a good kid she is. It's her birthday. How nice. What did we get? Oh, she was just one, one last year before she turns a teenager. Ooh, that's scary. And then she just says some bullshit about how it's been a really sweet experience because Truly was, you know, just born when she married Cody. So Truly doesn't have any memories without her and her children. That's kind of cool. It's sweet. Yeah. What's sweet? What Do you know who she is? What has it been like knowing her? Every fucking thing. She doesn't know a life without me. So, like, I don't have any discord with her. She's... She's so fucking weird. Like, the best thing about her, the sweetest thing, the sweetest thing about her is that she doesn't have... She doesn't know life without you and your fucking kids. Like, get out of here. Like, no disrespect to Dana Rivera and the other ones, okay? But, like, girl... 
wake up. And let, mind you, remember Christine asked, specifically asked Cody, if Truly's going to stay with you, I'm going to need you to like make an actual room for her. Has that happened, Robin? Have we emptied one of our empty room or probably packed rooms full of trinkets for Truly? For Truly to have a space to sleep? Hmm. I haven't heard anything. Anyway, back to Christine. Christine reminds us in a confessional that Isabel's still living in North Carolina with Maddie and Caleb. So she flew like across the country to be here. Cody says that the one thing he's constantly concerned about is this gloomy cloud hanging over them, the Brown family. And how, like most of the time, and how after the divorce with Christine, there's been this undertone of like strain and can I trust? And he says it truly seems perfectly fine, honestly, but somehow. Somehow Cody's more uh, introspective about this than Robin. Truly seems perfectly fine. But Isabel seems uncomfortable a lot of the time. And I wonder, like, if if Truly seems fine and you were so concerned about Christine ripping her away from you so that you could hang out with her for 25 minutes a week when you remembered to, um, for her to be the only child that doesn't seem to be affected by the divorce and yet every single other of christine's kids who are adults seem to get it well seems like maybe we're not turning people against you because it seems like the most obvious one that you that christine could manipulate would be the youngest one truly and yet she's not doing that so weird Hmm. so then we hear from isabel in a confessional saying that her relationship with her dad has never been a hundred percent solid so, like, with the divorce, everything's rocky, nobody knows what to do, and then you add on the fact that it's a plural family, and then really everybody doesn't know what to do. Cody says that as a result of all the pain of the divorce, there's some mild strain. But you know what? There other pain Isabel might have felt having to deal with you not wanting to, her to get surgery for her scoliosis that was debilitating for years, and then when she finally could get a surgery... Just because it happened to be in 2020, you were like, kid, why don't you go by yourself? I got to take care of the tenders and make sure I don't get COVID. Good luck out there in Jersey, kid. I'll send you over an old uh, hoodie so that you can smell me. But yeah, let's just say it's all because of the divorce, right? Just a mild strain. And then he says, my phone calls are pretty weak. What does that mean? And I'm just processing through some stuff. And I, this situation is very disappointing considering the goals that I had in my life. And my goal from the beginning was that this family would be under one roof. Are, are you blaming the whole breakdown of the family on not getting that one house? Because you know it's the one thing that you could say that Christine really put her foot down on not wanting to do? Hmm, interesting. But then he says, I wonder if some of the failures in plural marriage from my part was in expecting too much from the family with this one family idea. Like we might have been more successful in different homes with the kids kind of growing up like cousins. Right. Like you did in Vegas. And whose idea was that to rip that all apart because you thought you were going to hit a lick on some real estate in Vegas we all know how that went for greener pastures in, in Flagstaff. How'd that go? You think that might have been the, the issue? Hmm. And then he's like, you know, we even wrote a family mission statement. That stupid party 
I might have to recap that at some point. God, that party of the fashions and, 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 and the thing y'all, it took them a year and a half. It was like two and a half, it was season and a half of them trying to figure out this damn mission statement, which should maybe tell you about the state of your family. If it took that long for you guys to agree on like what your goals were <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> and let me tell you, so in that flashback, they weren't even eating those, those, uh, standards for their family embracing a spirit of abundance and affection time opportunity peace prosperity wisdom and love and talking about keeping your body fit robin can't read she's like you know sister wives and hub husband husband we embrace each other with the concept of covenant (laughs) the covenant of eternal nature like she just had to cry because she could read well it's like if i just like (laughs) through it then people won't know that i don't know how to read that well but then Cody says that they've now moved to this strange place where, like, he gets to redefine his life. So Robin asks Isabel at Truly's birthday if she's going to church with Maddie and Caleb. And she's like, oh, you know, I've only been one time, but I did like it. I want to go back. I just haven't had the opportunity. Cody says in a confessional that if he were still in Utah, he'd almost be, like, embarrassed to show his face at church because of the struggles his family has had and how there's lots of shame. So they... That's the reason why they also don't have a church in Flagstaff. Might have a turns of tabled on that one because I thought we were like soldiers for Christ against Utah since you were an outlaw quick on the draw, Pharrell style, about about like the, the whole polygamy thing. You you never wanted to go back and you just wanted to show them. To show their face again and, and to fight 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 against Utah. <laughs> but now you're saying that you would be embarrassed to show your face at church. Because you're a flop bitch who can't keep his family together. And doesn't care to. It's very obvious to everybody. You don't give a fuck about anybody but Robin, Dana, Roe, Brianna, Solomon, and Ariola. Okay? So that's also why you don't have a church of flags. I mean, the the things that you just allow yourself to say, Cody. Cody Brown. Cody Wynn Brown. Flashback to Robin at the house church that we saw, I'm sure, probably only happened ten times other than the four times that we saw it filmed Cody's house church and Robin doing her purity talk where she sat in front of all the children, including her own and talked about the mistake of giving up your purity and uh, how awful that was, how she wouldn't do it. Like, sweetie, you're talking about your children. But anyway, Cody says that he's always been a man of faith. Yeah. Your, your own, but he struggled for a long time because he's a polygamist. He's not a fit at his old church. And then he says, (laughs) No pun intended. We're in limbo. <laughs> so y'all, then we see a flashback of Cody officiating Maddie and Caleb's wedding. Now to remind you guys, Maddie is Janelle's daughter. Caleb was like the golden son-in-law where like Cody loved him. He was like true man crush on Caleb. Rough and tumble, shooting, hunting, truck driving Caleb, right? Loved him. So the producer asks Cody if he's heard from Maddie and he goes, uh, at classic, classic body language experts look to the left and don't make eye contact. Uh, no, um, I don't know what happened, but like during the break, breakup with Christine, Maddie stopped reaching out to me. Like it might've been COVID or I, I have no clue what was going on, but she quit reaching out to me. Which is like easy breezy. Like it was a coworker. Like, oh, you still run into Bob? 
down in the couch. No, I really don't. Like, it's kind of lost touch. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like it's your child. And then, of course, the true mother and father, Janelle, says Maddie doesn't reach out to him because of his behavior lately. And is like, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know who this guy is. So she has to consider her children and the stability and what they perceive as a grandfather. So there are a lot of things at play. And it's not just Maddie not calling him. Something tells me that Maddie and or Caleb made it very clear exactly why Maddie's not reaching out anymore and cody doesn't want to admit it because he knows that he's dead ass wrong hmm. anyway truly blows out the candles on her birthday cake and robin talks about how her kids really miss her siblings but the funny thing the only reason why i want to talk about this is that robin's like pulling the candles out of the cake and Ariola's just trying to grab at the candles, just like trying to grab them and robin swats her hand away like she has to tell her multiple times like stop stop it right <laughs> just could not let the intrus like try to let the intrusive thoughts win anyway robin says there seems to be some weird wall that she can't penetrate and here we go sicko mode i can't figure out why it's there i don't know where is it where is it not i don't know why what's happening and why cody says that he feels like it's a broken family he can't fix it and his own optimism wants to say well maybe it's just meant to be this way now and that these people that are here together can work out their relationship if they want to with him but it's complicated like the relationship doesn't end in his family but something about it has ended and it's an ending and it's sort of sad so there you have it folks cody not talking to i don't know nine to eleven of his 18 children it's sort of sad after that, we see Janelle going over to Gabe and Garrison's house. Gwen decided not to move in, by the way. So it's just Gabe and Garrison there. They planted, uh, like, they built planters for her in the back of their yard so that she could, you know, because she lives in an apartment, do her little gardening and all of that. That's her escape, right? So Janelle says gardening is a sanity thing for her. So she's just going to put, like, a few back there, like some zucchinis, tomatoes, basil, she updates us on her and Cody. They have not been out since her birthday. Not even seeking each other out. She's not hoping he's going to call. And frankly, she's like, I don't even think Cody's thinking that much about me. He's got a whole life at Robin's house. And our relationship is nothing. Like, we're friendly when we have to be, but there's no connection. So then she says, like, her kids don't talk to Cody because she's gardening with Gabe. They're like buddies, gardening buddies, right? She says that her kids don't talk to Cody. They generally ignore him because they feel like there's no point in conversation with him. So maybe I do have to correct myself a little bit and say that Cody maybe has been calling them, but they just are not picking up at this point. I think it's too little too late, but technically, I guess maybe you have tried. So we see a flashback where Gabe is talking at that dinner, the salad bar with Janelle and Christine, that Cody is like, what did, what did dad say? That he only cared about his minor children? Is that right? Cody says in a confessional that what he said to Gabe was that once the kid graduates from high school, whichever brown kid, Cody's obligation to the child shifts to now a mutual respect. And if the relationship goes bad, it's like, well, get your own place. You don't belong in my home if you don't respect me. Because remember, it's my home, not yours. Well, it's not your home. Because the home that you're talking about, that you wanted to kick Gabe and Garrison out in the middle of COVID when they didn't have money, 
had Janelle's name on the lease, not yours. So it wasn't your home. It wasn't your home at all, babe. Janelle wraps it up perfectly. I think Cody's getting exactly what he puts into the relationship. And then she starts talking about how gardening is so healing for her because you put into something and you get something out of it. You get out what you put into it. I don't even think she saw the uh, connection in that. Why it's so why it's so great for her because it, it's not happening in her romantic relationships. After that, Janelle re- reiterates the tea on uh, where she stands with Mary and Robin, which is nowhere. They have not had a conversation since Cody was ranting and raving at her in the backyard and she walked off and Cody was like, oh, Janelle, I think it would be a really bad idea to walk off right now. Neither, all three of y'all have not sought each other out since then. And she's good on it. Janelle says, listen, Robin and I can be great team players for the family. We never correct connected to each other on a friend level. Like, she's 10 years younger. Her kids were younger. We don't like the same things. We could be team great, great team players. No, no doubt about that. Whereas Mary and I have always had personality differences and that's okay. I just don't need to seek her out now. (laughs) And then she says, look, I still have family at Christine. Our kids interact. It feels normal. It feels like old times without all the peripheral drama. So yeah, right now I feel like that's where I find family. And I really want Janelle to find a man, which is something that like, you'll almost never hear me say. I only say that because Christine is now partnered and I don't want Janelle to feel, you know, with that, Christine's going to have to like acclimate to David and his kids because he's got eight kids and like their whole family. And so there is going to have to be like some adjustment between Christine and Janelle, I think, just because she's now got this new husband and his family comes with that. So I, the only reason, like, I think that they can still maintain a beautiful relationship where they still like do the holidays and that's a great thing. But I do want Janelle to have a man because I don't want her to feel like Christine's got all this great life. Maybe she doesn't feel that way. But I also think that, like, I just don't want her to be so dependent on Christine when Christine's got, like, a whole other family of responsibility now. And also Janelle, on her own merit, deserves to have somebody in her life who she likes and likes her back and, like, doesn't make her feel less than and she's not having to watch him have a real relationship with somebody he loves and then just give her the scraps and her children. She deserves that too. Then Janelle says that at some point she wants to put some uh, green houses out in Coyote Pass and run a, which she refers to as a small scale operation. Okay. It's uh, giving Cheech and Chong. I'm, I'm seeing Gabe's hair and I'm just wondering where things are going with her. You like it. I love it. That would be the coolest thing. Janelle just in her greenhouse, making hybrids of sativa and indica, listening to Rammstein, just living her best life. I want that for her. <laughs> I want that for her. I want her to be blasting Duhast at full volume, just pissing Robin off. I want her to do that right on Coyote Path. I want that. I want that. <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. 
So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. You guys know that um, uh, Janelle wants today a, um, a cameo, not the one that I received, which was also great. But in another cameo, she said that one of her favorite bands is Robstein. <laughs> and I screamed because like out of anybody. That that just would not be, you know? <laughs> so yeah, she really wants those greenhouses, the grow houses, the the green the greenery. You know what I mean, girl. Um, but she's not even sure what the hell's going on with Coyote Pass. She's just happy if they pay off the property. But she keeps asking Cody and getting the runaround every time. But Cody says that they're going to get the property paid off. And how Janelle just sits there pestering him about it all the time. Asking, asking, asking. Pestering me. But not really helping. So Janelle says, the clock is ticking. The loan is due in a year. And I just hope they're not stupid enough to let that slip away. We've already put so much money into it. But anything's possible. Because I just don't recognize their priorities or their thought process. But then Cody comes back and in confessional and says, well, Robin and I are still planning on living there. Anyway, Ugh. back in Utah, <laughs> thank the heavens for reminding us of one of my favorite scenes in Sister Wives history where Christine is helping in real time truly learn how to ride a bike since she asked Christine for a bike for her birthday. Now, just remind ourselves, truly's 12. This is a big deal because, again, back to my favorite memory, the first attempt that Cody made to teach uh, Truly how to ride a bike was a disaster. So we then cut back to four years earlier where Truly's standing up for bodily autonomy in the name of bike riding. And Cody's in her face telling her there's no crying in baseball. She's like, this isn't baseball, this is bike riding. (laughs) I don't want to, this is my body, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) I'm not laughing at, at her standing up for herself. It's just in the name of learning how to ride a bike. <laughs> just not what I expected out of an eight-year-old, you know? <laughs> so Cody says in a confessional that he was just struggling to connect with Truly in that moment. But he was trying to push her and because sometimes you have to. You have to push a child. And he says, listen, I love her. But that wasn't our favorite experience together. And I'm like, well, it wasn't your worst, was it? It certainly wasn't worse for you, um... We're abandoning her and telling Aspen, don't worry about it, sweetheart. She's fine, even though she's shaking and not eating and her eyes are crossing. She's fine. She's got the flu. Remember when you almost killed her? She went into, like, severe kidney failure. Anyway, so Truly's in the driveway. Everybody's there to support her. And Christine's like, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to give Truly an environment where everybody's wanting to hang out with her, here for her all the time, supportive of her. So it's like Aspen's there. Uh, her husband Mitch is there Payton's there other people they're all like in this driveway helping her Truly's not even got a hold of this bike she doesn't even have her helmet on at this point says that she's gonna cry (laughs) and when Isabel asked her why are you gonna cry she goes because I wish that I had learned when I was five which was actually sad but Isabel like perfect little sister I'm like oh don't worry about that like it's fine things happen Christine says that the reason why Truly is ready is because she talked Truly into it. So Truly tells us to the camera, I think it's going to take five days to learn to ride the bike. Likely more. Like, let's be realistic here. Most likely it'll be more than that. <laughs> so Peyton starts off trying to help her. He's like trying to help her do turns. 
she's saying to him, we're not letting go today. Like, you're not letting go of this bike. That's for another day. <laughs> Everybody's trying to cheer her on from the sidelines. It's so cute. And then Mitch tries to take the lead for over for Peyton. He's like, okay, how about we just try, you just like saddle up on the bike, put your feet on the ground, and you just walk. And like learn kind of how it feels to balance and all that, right? So she's, he's helping her. He's got his own bike. She's like on her tiptoes trying to get out of this by saying that she's too short for the bike. So just imagine if you haven't watched this, truly like going from one side of the driveway to the other, just on her tippy toes on this bike, just kind of like waddling from one end to the other, just saying, I'm too short for this. Um, let's just wait. Let's just wait till I'm taller to ride this. I need to be taller. Let's just wait till I'm taller guys. Like one more year. We only have to wait one more year. Let's just wait, you know? <laughs> so, everybody's like, no, 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 you're okay, girl. And Mitch is like, because they're all talking. They're like, you're fine. Like, it's true peanut gallery shit going on. So Mitch, he's like, you guys, I think Truly needs less voices. And so everybody shuts up immediately. Christine says in a confessional that Mitch barely talks, right? So when he does, everybody listens. So it's like pure silence now. And then they're like, get to the end of the driveway. And she's like, I'm done. So Christine had been saying in a confessional, I'm just, I'm not going to force her. Like I, she needs to do this. But when she says that she's done, she's, I'm, I'm not going to make her doing it. So Christine's like, you did great. Christine is like the perfect, like she's like Miss Rachel. Why does she, she could really build an empire being like an, an encourager. A, 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 what do you call those? Like one of those speakers, a motivational speaker. She really could do that. So she's like talking to Truly at her level. Like, hey, let's do some post-game chat here. You did great. Everybody saw you did great. Did Mitch help you? Yes. She's like saying things to Mitch. What do you think we can do next time? Like the next time you want to try this, what do you can do? So Truly's like, okay, I just don't want to go down the hill. Like she's making much bigger plans than just going from one side to the other in the driveway. And so Kristen's like, great. She's like, I just don't want to fall. Christine's like, no. Truly, you're going to fall. But it's not a big deal. Like, she's a good mother. <laughs> Y'all, I used to be a bitch on wheels on the bike. Like, I was, I don't know, I was a very independent child. I lived in a very small, like, 6,000 people town. Like, nobody, nothing was happening. Okay, nothing. So, we would just be like, I'm talking like 6 and 7. I would be riding the bike like I'm a damn like like I don't have a home I mean like 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 riding my bike around the neighborhood was like my job like okay I'm gonna go do my laps like during the summertime like I was whipping on that bike so I can't imagine like not having these memories one time though I embarrassed the fuck out of myself so I was like around the corner from my house we're talking like you know like maybe three houses but like on, you know, my house is on one side of the corner, but I'm on the other side. So there's a car <laughs> on the side or, you know, like on the side, I'm riding on the sidewalk and there's a car like parked. And I don't know what happened to this day. I could not tell you, but I went aerial. I know that. And my bike and myself landed on the ground. Nobody was there. And I just remember sit, standing there on my back, just being like, damn, I don't real I think that was like my first foray into like being embarrassed even though nobody was watching me I was like this this can't this if I was not me I would laugh and so I don't like that and so I I sat there just like imagine <laughs> just imagine like 
looking out your window and seeing a small black girl on her back with her bike slightly above her just just letting letting lot let go i just let go and let god just like really sat in that moment like mm. Mm. this should hurt but the, internally it hurts more it's not a physical pain <laughs> it's more of a more of a mental one so that really shaped me it was one of my first memories Anyway, let me shake this embarrassment off. So back in Utah, because nothing, nothing I've done in my life is more embarrassing than what Mary did in this singular episode <laughs> combined, the girl. So back in Utah, Mary says early in her marriage, she had a lot of doubt, like constantly needing to be, well, what it sounds like to me, constantly needing to be reassured by Cody. Are you always going to love me type stuff? And Cody was very good at being like, you're my person. I'll love you forever. And, you know, we, we love each other. She's like, the fact that we love each other and we made this commitment, I thought it would mean something to him. So we have to watch them, like, in happier times, dancing at their wedding and staring at each other as Mary puts a tie on Cody. That scene that we see over and over again, because there were, like, three clips of them happy over the course of the series. Well, Mary tells us that Cody told her he never loved her and that he was just trying to affirm it. Mary says that's a bunch of bullshit ask anybody we know anybody who saw us in our early years or even 10 years ago that's just a bunch of crap that he's spewing now maybe to try to justify how he feels now yeah exactly Mary and even if that's all he's doing that's still really fucked up and mean and cruel to you get out girl but then she says for their religious background, they married with an eternal covenant. And she feels like Cody's just not interested anymore. And he's telling her, oh, you can stick around if you really want to. But, like, why would she want to do that internally? Be somebody who really has changed. Be with somebody who's really changed his mind about her. I, I don't know, babe. Like, you've been doing it for seven years now. You're perfectly fine with it. Then Mary says, our marriage is, like, done. And he's saying... You can stick around and come visit me and Robin and the kids if you want, but we're never going to have a marriage relationship anymore. So Mary says in a confessional that she always felt like she had a pretty good relationship with Robin and she loves her kids and she has every intention of keeping a good relationship with them as long as she and Cody are willing to let her, which is so sad, Robin, not Mary. <laughs> Very sad. So she tells us that she was told by Cody like, or she actually suggested to Cody that, you know, because our life is public, basically, we should make a statement like you did with Christine, right? And be honest and open about where we are. But Cody is like, no, I don't want to. I just had so much criticism. I don't really want to be open about it. I think we should just keep it between us. In a confessional, Mary says, I'm not going to go the rest of my life hiding the fact that this is the way our relationship is and hiding the fact that you said to me, that you would never want to have a relationship with me. This is my story too. And I have the right to tell my story. So when Mary says to the camera. Happy anniversary to me. Weird. <laughs> yeah, real weird, Mary. For whatever reason. Then they make Mary. Production makes Mary walk around in the woods like she's Sasquatch. Like they're shooting her from far away. Well, she says it basically... She sees two options right now to continue living like she has for the past eight years, which is to be an amazing, badass, independent woman, footage not found, 
that's officially married to somebody, but not emotionally. Like you're not even officially married to him. You're actually legally divorced from him. But okay. She says she could keep doing that or she could terminate it. She could take the steps and move forward and be done with it. But she then says, but that doesn't sit well with my values because I didn't marry Cody and make this eternal covenant just to be lying and like to be like, this isn't working for us. And like, I'll peace out. And I don't know what to do about that. I have no idea what to do about it. I'm like, well, you don't have to do anything, girl. There's nothing for you to do, honey, sweetie. <laughs> sweetie. I need you to not. I need you to not. And also, like, okay, people have to understand that you can want to be in the relationship as bad as you want, and you can keep your commitments and all of that. But if the other person doesn't, then it's over. That's just how it works. If they don't want to be in the relationship and they don't take the covenant seriously, even though you very much do, that's over. It's like multiplying anything by zero. You just get zero back, you know? So, something to think about, you guys. <laughs> something we can all think about. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking.